This is Tom Harvey, the Economy Guy. Welcome to the world of macroeconomics and how it affects you. I am looking at the world's economics, trying to interpret them, and more importantly, wondering where they are going and what they are going to do to us in particular. So this is your window into that world. I don't give any personal financial advice. I just give information and facts as I see them, and occasionally my opinions. I want this to be an educational show for you, so you can learn to think for yourself and make your own great financial decisions. Please enjoy it, and welcome. It is Sunday, May 23rd, and this is the Economy Guy coming your way with another exciting week of finance. Well, I know people think finance and economics is boring, but it can be really exciting when it hits you between the eyes. And, uh, and I'm here to give you some hits you between the eyes facts so that you can enjoy today's episode. I have five segments to go through. Uh, getting used to my segments, I bet. First, I'm going to go international. First segment, I'm going to talk about France and what's going on in France today. It's kind of interesting, in my opinion. To second, I'll market wrap up. What happened last week in all the markets? So you know what's, what's happening there. Third, I'm going to talk about some details about the national debt that should set your hair on fire. Fourth, I'm going to talk about gold. What's going on in the gold market specifically? I want to focus in on gold, give you a lot more detail of what's happening there. Fifth and last, I'm going to actually hit the uh, precursors to a market crash. See what's going with, with new. Remember, we had a, a true red signal last week, which continues to be red this week. So with that, let's get on to the first segment. And on to the first segment, which is all about France. What's going on? Now, last week, I gave you some indication of what's going on. You know, the... Uh, there's the current president, Macron, who's running the country, is going to come up for re-election next year. And then there's the number two candidate who lost to President Macron in the last election, but is now trying, charging hard and looks like will be his main rival again. That's Marine Le Pen. Now, she runs the National Rally Party, it's currently called. It used to be called the National Front, a very right-wing anti-Semitic party. It has uh, changed its name to protect the innocent, I believe. And she is trying something new. She's trying a new, softer image. You see, in the past, she was a very harsh person saying, got to leave the EU, got to leave the Euro, because France is France and we want to remain French. I mean, it was, she was very national French approach to that. Now she has a softer image. She's actually dropped that because she's much closer to becoming ruling in France. And I think she's coming to realize that if she comes into power at all, you're not going to leave the EU. You're not going to leave the Euro. It's a lot harder than that. You, you may want to influence the EU and and uh, see what you can do with the Euro. You can threaten people with it, uh, but not ad advocate it anymore. So anyway, she has a new softer image, and she is emphasizing that she is a mother. And uh, that is her softer image. And guess what? It's working, because in the polls in France today, she is polling equally to President Macron. So that is an interesting uh, approach. Uh, politics is politics. 
in France as it is in most places. So that's kind of interesting. The uh, military have come out and stated very clearly that if a uh, civil war breaks out in France, the military will step in and uh, settle it, settle the issue once and for all. So that's, uh, that's uh, the threat continues from the French retired and active military people who have written to the government and warned them of what's going on. And then a second thing, there's a video that just came out uh, this, last, this weekend in France of a uh, policeman uh, who uh, just came out of a coma. I just He was uh, went into the coma in mid-May, and, uh, but just now just came out of it and has uh, made a statement to the press, and that statement is uh, a, video, a viral video today. And what he has said is very clear that uh, he was beaten up by some uh, people who were celebrating a, an Islamic uh, holiday, and he told them that they were should be going indoors because of the COVID. And anyway, they didn't appreciate that. They put him in a coma. He came out and said, if uh, things don't change, there'll be another policeman in his place very soon, or a civilian. And then the statement that he made that went viral is a very clear statement. He says, we must change who, where the fear exists. In other words, what he's saying is rather than the police having fear, the culprits should have fear. And that was an interesting statement. It's clearly resonating in France today. Uh, uh, that is a statement that plays into the politics of Marine Le Pen very much so. So uh, that's France today. Uh, keep up to date. It's, uh, it's one of those interesting things going on in the world. That's it for segment one. Let's move to segment two and wrap up these markets. And on to the markets. Let's look at what happened to the Dow 30, and that is <clears throat> that market clearly went sideways. Most of the markets went down. Actually, the Dow did too, ended at 34,207, which is down about 175 points for the week. It was much weaker than that during the week, uh, the market's struggling somewhat. Uh, they, they are not charging forward, making new highs. I don't see that happening right now. They are showing a little bit of weakness, uh, but they're not showing ex extreme weakness, just a little bit. You know, they're not, what they're lacking is the charging forward, making new highs. That's the weakness, if there is something. Oh, the 10 year Treasury bond it was at 1.632, it was 1.635. That's identically the same thing. It went sideways, uh, still uh, in that gap to either go up or down. It didn't change, it didn't change. I mean, during the week, it was up and down a little bit. And at the end of the week, it's the same thing. We'll see what happens next week. We just have to wait to see where this one goes. In the long run, no doubt in my mind, it's going up, but long could be a long time. Uh, the U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar was uh, for the euro 121.82. That's uh, a little weaker, and that's the key one that it's weaker against. Just so again, a little bit weaker against the pound, a little bit weaker, and against the euro, about the same. Uh, those are the key units that I look at. Dollar's a little bit weaker, but not. I wouldn't call it weak. It it it, uh, it could continue to be weak. We'll see. Oil. $63.88, down from $65.50. Uh, interestingly enough, oil fell, yeah, so it comes off of my eye. I don't care about it for 
anymore about inflationary pressure. If it's the price is coming down, that will ease prices ever so slightly, a few cents at the gas pump. Uh, and, uh, and that's good. It's good for everybody. The fifth and last thing I look at is gold. Uh, ended the week at 1882. The previous week was 1844. That's up 38 bucks. Uh, gold has been surging forward. And in fact, this last week, it was the uh, strongest uh, moving commodity in, in, uh, in the world. So interesting, up a couple percent during the week. The What's going on in gold is it's getting close to another round number, which is 1900. It's at 1880. It tested, it went up as high during the week as 1890, uh, bounced off of it a couple of times now. It has not tested 1900, which is going to be a, a barrier. It's going to bounce off it. No doubt in my mind, it's going to go up to it and bounce down and bounce, go up and bounce down about that. And, um, uh, We'll see. It's a barrier. It uh, it may bounce down significantly. It could go all the way back down to 1800, which, if you remember, was a major barrier coming through it, which makes it a floor for gold going down. That means it'll be hard for gold to go through it, go on the downside next time around. So uh, it could go to 1900, down to 1800 and back, or it could go just keep trying to bounce through 1900 and go through. It depends on the strength of the market. So gold is a, an interesting one. It continues to be... Uh, one that's uh, now making up its own story. And I have a special on gold later on today. So there you have it for the market segment. On to segment three. And on to segment three, let's talk about the national debt. How big is the national debt? Well, it's about $28 trillion. What is the national debt? In the United States, it's the amount of money that the U.S. government has borrowed and needs to pay back. When it borrows money, it writes U.S. Treasury bonds and sells them on the open market. It's sold $28 trillion of those bonds, and it's spent that money, or is spending, but most of it's spent. And uh, one of the biggest purchases of that is the Federal Reserve, which is kind of interesting. You wonder if that's a fraud, but it's, it's what happens, and it's the way our system works. But is the $28 trillion the actual debt that's out there? And the answer is no, because there's a bunch of promises that people have made. The biggest promises that uh, we know are coming and which will increase the debt significantly are Social Security, which is underfunded, and Medicare, which are, is underfunded. So those two programs are massive, massive ones, which means that if you, if you had written bonds for those programs to fund them properly for the actuarial tables of how long people live and will be using those programs, you'll find out that rather than the debt being $28 trillion, it's $123 trillion. So those underfunded things are big problems coming in the future. No one talks about that, do they? Huh, kind of interesting. Oh, well. Let's get on to more fun things. If, if you take the interest, just the current debt, the $28 trillion, just take the current debt, and you say that, hey, interest rates should would go back to what they consider to be normal. Who considers it to be normal? The CBO, the Con Congressional Budget Office, considers that the five-year should be around 4.9%. That would be normal. I agree with them. 5% seems normal to me. So if interest rates were at 5% and you were paying interest on that debt of $28 trillion, you would find out that 
30% of the GDP each year is just the payment of the debt. That's the same amount of money we've spent so far on fighting COVID. Remember all of the special programs and special money? That's a lot of money. A lot of money. So, but the Fed, uh, you know, has other options. They don't have to, you don't have to write bonds in order to fund it. I mean, that everyone expects that, but you don't have to. What if they just monetized it? They said, ah, we're going to print money. Okay, which is, I mean, legally print money. Well, they'd have to change the laws a little bit. But if they did that, then everyone would lose faith in the United States dollar and the dollar would fall big time significantly, way more than anybody could anticipate. And inflation would come in big time. Hyperinflation would hit us. So that's the result if the Fed uses that particular tactic. So I don't think they would. That's uh, politically unacceptable, and they are pushed by politics. Now here's what's interesting. Everyone, what does everyone believe in the world today? What do they believe? They believe that the Fed has the markets back, right? That there's no way the Fed's going to let the market crash. They're going to keep pumping money in it and keep it high. They're going to keep the bond market high, the stock market high. They're going to even keep the junk market, junk bond market high. Everybody believes the Fed has the markets back. That's what they believe. And what happens when what everyone believes is wrong? Think of that. That's that's really the thought I want to leave you with today. At some point, that thought will be wrong. Uh, the Fed's in a corner. They don't have a lot of choices. Uh, at some point, they'll be wrong. And if everybody's on the wrong side of that assumption, everybody's going to lose a lot of money. That's called a big crash. That's what can happen. So, so much about the national debt, just as a, not a happy note. But onward to segment four, let's talk about gold. And on to segment four, a special thing on gold. Been a while since I talked about gold and uh, want to give you more information, insight, what's going on. Well, in the last two months, the market has been very unfriendly to gold. The price of gold has gone down. It was the price of gold started in the 1900s. And it's gone down to the 1600s. It's currently back up in the 1800s, approaching 1900 right now. That That's not friendly. However, it did that in a particularly fundamental, friendly environment for gold. Well, what was that environment? First of all, the government has a lot of deficit spending, which is pushes inflation. Inflation means it's good for gold. Uh the Fed has a monetary easing policy. Interest rates are really low. Well, that's inflationary, believe it or not. People spend more when they can borrow for nothing. Okay, and and the third thing, totally unrelated to those monetary, is, hey, there's been civil arrest, civil unrest in the United States. That pushes people to gold also. Uh, so what's going on with gold? Well, here's a guess. Here's a guess. Uh, looks like people might have been attracted to what I would call digital gold or Bitcoin. I believe that a lot of money has flown out of gold and into Bitcoin during those two-month period. And you're seeing uh, a reversal of that right now. If you, if you look at the charts of gold and Bitcoin, you're seeing that Bitcoin's going down, gold's going up. Maybe that money's flowing back in right now. 
Are people understanding what Bitcoin really is, that there is a billionaire out there who can badmouth Bitcoin and affect its value? That's Elon Musk. And, uh, and that Bitcoin is indeed a pump and dump. Do you know what a pump and dump is? I love that term. It's, uh, if you're a stockbroker, you know what it is. But it's the uh, going out and selling some stocks or something that uh, isn't worth a lot, a lot and, uh, and just selling it to a greater fool. That's basically it. Uh, now, but you can't do a pump and dump on gold. The market's way too big. Bitcoin's not that big of a market. Gold is massive compared to it. So it can be manipulated, but not like Bitcoin can. Uh, and here's another one. Bitcoin may not be around in five years from now. There's a hell of a thought. I mean, really, what, 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 Tom? Are you saying that Bitcoin may not, may disappear? Yeah, I am. I am. Did you know that Bitcoin is now illegal in China? China wants to control their own currency. China wants to control it. They want to have their own digital currency, a replacement of Bitcoin equivalent. So they don't want Bitcoin around. They have banned it. No one can have Bitcoin in China. Interesting, huh? Did you see that this uh, last weekend that the United States uh, IRS came out and said, we're going to start cracking down on Bitcoin. We're going to say, hey, you've got to follow some more rules because that's a financial asset and they're not following the rules. So by golly, they're going to start following the rules. That's a crackdown in the United States. That's only the beginning of the crackdown, in my opinion. Now, let's talk about gold. I, I don't think there's any reason to take any profits on gold. And there won't be until the United States government comes up with a balanced budget. That's going to be a long time from now. And as long as they don't, there's going to be deficits. The pressure for gold to go up will continue. That's what's going to happen. Today, gold is uh, kind of breaking into new territory. It's going to retest that 1900. And it's, I believe, going to retest the ultimate high of $2,070. That's the high, high, high it's ever been in its history. That's only 11% higher than it is today. 11%. That's easily reachable in a very short term. So uh, that's my prediction. Uh, you make your own mind up. Don't, don't uh, make any <laughs> uh, investments based on my prediction. It's just my prediction. Do I own gold? Yeah, I'll tell you that I own gold. So I'm prejudiced in this, in this uh, matter. So with that... You've had your update on gold and uh, what I think is going on in the market. A little bit of speculation there, but worth knowing. On to the fifth and last segment. And on to the fifth and last segment. The six precursors to a stock market crash. Big crash. Let's go through them. First one is the 10-year treasury bond is at 1.632%. I'm looking for an increase in interest rates. An increase in interest rates would cause the Fed to change their policies, which would crash the market. It's a proven fact from the last time it happened. So, but it's 1.63. While I consider that the 10-year Treasury market is kind of nervous, I'm personally not nervous. I'm not going to get nervous until this gets above 2%. This number, 1.63 up to 2%. That's not that far away, and it could happen. I predict it will happen. I don't know how long it'll take for that to happen. Um, but with inflation coming along at the, at the pace it is, I think interest rates have to rise. And certainly the ones that the Fed do not, does not control, like zero uh, term interest rates, the Fed funds rate. Okay, the second one, high yield bonds, which crash before 
the uh, stock market crashes. It is uh, There's a value of these bonds. If this value goes down significantly, it will happen just before the market crashes. The value fell a little bit to 9.00. That's not enough. I think around 8.5, I get really nervous and I'll start think, raising the flag. I, you see, on, on the first one, the 10-year bond, it's still green. I, there's not a problem there. On this high-yield bond, it's still green. There's not a problem here yet either. So I don't see either of those flashing a problem. Let's take the next one, the U.S. dollar. I'm looking for a, a potential fall of the U.S. dollar. And it is falling slightly. It's it's weak now against the euro and against the pound. And it's uh, steady against, and a teeny bit weak, against the yen. It's... Um, but it's not flashing any color, but it's just a solid green. This is not a problem yet. It has not started to truly fall. When it does, it will create inflation, and uh, that will uh, be a big problem for the market. So the market's still okay there. Uh, the fourth one, the CPI. This is, remember last week I brought that out, that April's inflation rate was 4.2%. This is now a... Uh, a red in my mind. This is a, a definite precursor. Is it going to cause the market crash? It's causing a lot of nervousness. People are doing nothing but talking about inflation because this is real. I believe this is, has to last at least another two months and we will have at least another two months of high, probably 4% inflation each of those months. And uh, we'll see. Let's just, just watch all the other signals at the same time. But we are now uh, in a more dangerous position for a market crash, and that's because inflation has signaled that it's real and it's here. Okay, uh, fifth precursor is the if the Fed changes any policy at all that they have, and the answer is no. They're just as solid as they can be. They are not changing any policy, so that's green. No problem there. Everyone thinks that the Fed has the markets back. Remember that, what I said before? But... Uh, that's true until it's not true. Okay, sixth and last is a bluebird. Is there any event that occurs in the world that could cause a uh, market crash? The one that I could think of that happened that has a potential of happening would be the uh, Israeli-Palestinian uh, conflict. It's in a peace talks now, so it's kind of gone away. It's cooled down, but that could, I mean, it in, in itself would not cause a market crash, but if it expanded into a greater war in the Middle East, it could easily cause a market crash as a reaction to the U.S. getting sucked into a war we don't want to get sucked into. So, with that, uh, there, there will not be a market crash next week, I predict, as long as there's not a big bluebird. A big surprise. But we have these little funny things coming along, and it make, keeps you uh, on your toes, doesn't it? Keeps me on my toes. Look forward to a great week. I wish everyone out there a great week. Enjoy it. Enjoy it every day, every minute. Be talking to you in a week. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to hit that subscription button. This is Tom Harvey. I'm an investor and not a financial advisor. Nothing should be construed as advice or solicitation to make a trade in any market and I disclaim any responsibility for any negative effect of decisions made by the listeners.